Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from listeners like you. Keep up the awesome. I see you, and I'm grateful that you're listening. It's exhausting, right? I was at Brooklyn Book Fest this weekend, and I was like... Yay! Cool! It was amazing. I've heard such great things, yeah. Oh my god, my workshop was like over 100 kids. Like, it was nuts. Oh, wow. But you know, when you're around children who love books and are really interested in what you're doing like you have to bring it and you have to give them everything you have because that is exactly what they deserve it's not the cape that makes you super but sometimes it is until you're thrust into circumstances that challenge you to think otherwise this is the children's book podcast episode number 539 i'm your host matthew winner Today I'm speaking with debut picture book author Rocky Merchandani about Super Satya Saves the Day. When readers meet Satya, the story's namesake, we have only to take Satya at her word that her beloved cape makes her super. Unfortunately, her cape is still at the dry cleaners and Satya will need to face a day of school without it. Lots of things go wrong for Satya, leading the reader to acknowledge alongside her that maybe this cape really does contain some super special powers. Or maybe what we all need is a chance to step back and reframe these circumstances with a fresh perspective. Rocky has poured a whole lot of love and truth-seeing into her debut, and it translates to a story that meets children where they are, makes space for them to feel and believe whatever they choose, and is there to celebrate the children's affirmation of their inner strength and fortitude. In short, we need a whole lot more people like Rocky in front of children. Lucky us, we have this beautiful book. Please welcome my guest, Rocky Merchandani, author of Super Satya Saves the Day. Uh, So my name is Rocky Merchandani. My pronouns are she and hers. And I am the author of Super Satya Saves the Day. Welcome, Rocky. Congratulations on your debut and on all awesome things. Thank you. I'm so excited. And congratulations to us finally finding a date to record. (laughs) Because people don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But with work and school and life, sometimes it takes several months to find a date to record. Yeah, it's like the thing that no one prepares you for is that when you become an adult, your schedule is the scariest thing. I know. 
And it's your calendar so, is just, it's a disaster. It's so easy just to not look at email. Because when you Absolutely. finally take a break from email, you're like, oh, it feels so good to not be checking email. <laughs> oh, wait, I haven't responded to Rocky in literally a month and a half. Oh, I know. Now Google sends you that really polite nudge where it's like, hey, Matthew, it's been five days. You think you want to respond? And this time I was like, yes, I do, Google. Oh, Thank you. I was like, Thank you, Google. You're Thank right. You yes, that. I will, Gmail. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I have not been shy about telling you that I've loved Super Satya saves the day for a long time. I'm so glad and grateful um, that Bharat Baby shared that story with me. I I love so much about it, and I want to unpack it with you. But awesome. first, I want to just ask you, if you don't mind, book talking the book. For those that haven't encountered it yet, I'd love for you to tell everyone about the story. Oh, I love to. So Super Satya Saves the Day uh, is a book about a little girl named Satya, who is named after my daughter, um, who realizes that her superhero cape is stuck at the dry cleaner. And she is concerned about how she's going to have a super day without it because she believes that all of her superpowers are in this cape. And without it, she is simply not super. And a series of things happen uh, throughout the day where she learns a little bit about herself and about other people and her relationship to other people that ultimately she nets out in a place where she realizes that the cape is great and it's fun and it's nice, but who she is inside is what's really super. So I want to jump right into this book because there were so many things that were striking me about, uh, about the strength of the, of the voice in this book and of the carrier, the character Satya herself um, oh, so I want to just jump in and, and start digging. You're you're welcome, but thank you. You you wrote this amazing book. First, you've got this wonderful. I, I talk about the language. I should just tell people. I should read it because I feel like knowing that this was based on your daughter tells me perhaps even more about you as a mom <laughs> in the way you talk. <laughs> and so I I um I may read the first two pages to you. Is that okay? I love that. Okay. All right. So it starts. It was a loud day on a loud street in the very loud town of Hoboken. The fire trucks made fire truck noises, the police cars made police car noises, and the swings at Church Square Park were extra squeaky. And the knot in Super Satya's stomach felt super tight. How was she supposed to do all the things that superheroes do if her superhero cape was stuck at the dry cleaner? Satya wished they could have picked up the cape on the way to school, but the dry cleaner was closed. Super Mama said she was super late to work and they couldn't wait for the store to open. They did stop for coffee, though. They always stop for coffee. Mama says if she doesn't have any coffee, her head will explode. (laughs) (laughs) I had to get to that point. Had to get there. That line is always, whenever I do story time, the parents love that line. Oh, they love it. (laughs) I love, and I think just a call attention to the words you chose because I love talking to people about the words they choose what what becomes printed right because yeah. as writers we work with these manuscripts and we um uh caress these manuscripts to get them just right or sometimes we completely um ditch the manuscript and rewrite there's lots of things that go but in those first two pages or two spreads of the book you say the word super Maybe like conservatively 10 times. Yeah, easily. And what strikes me also is that that ends up being in in <laughs> when we're writing with children, one of those words where we're like, why don't you use other words? 
but that's right. But that's in right. using it so many times here, it to me um, invited me into this world of everything in her life is super, and everyone in her life that is super is part of her world. That that mama is is there in the world with her. It's not that this is just a kid that happens to be extra enthusiastic. So this is a word they can't stop using, which we all have those certain words that we and phrases that every one of us uses over and over and over. It might just not have been called out on us before. <laughs> <laughs> it was once called out on me on how apparently I use the phrase, oh, my word, a lot. And it since has drawn so much attention to my brain that I have a hard time now saying it. I love in this story that that word is just owned and it's owned in all contexts of Satya being an individual and her, um, perhaps we would call it a talisman of sorts uh, in this cape, but also in her family and also in the way her family exists in the world. This is a word that is fully owned by the character in your story. Yeah, and that's who she is, right? Like, she is a superhero. And when I, this is the thing I love to do at story time and at festivals. It's like, what makes someone a superhero? And kids will tell you, oh, you know, they are really fast and they are really brave and they can climb, you know, the tallest buildings. And after a couple of minutes, kids start to say, and they're really kind and they help other people and they're brave. And we usually always end in a place where a superhero is someone who stands up for themselves and stands up for other people. And so I think that, you know, in this world and in this book, Satya is a superhero. She is a superhero because she believes she is. And she's a superhero because she is, you know, making some brave choices in the book and she is doing some things for other people. And so that word and this concept of being super is owned by her because it's the way that she lives. And that's how she sees her mom. It's how she sees her dad. It's how she sees the the entire community that she lives in, right? Like she is a superhero living in a community of superheroes. But she also, at least from our story, from all the context you give us, yeah. it's not, I want to be like this Marvel or DC superhero that's and right. I'm trying to emulate them. It that's is right. from the outset, she believes that she is super and from page one therefore if I don't have this cape will I be able to be super and what I love okay. about that question because the answer immediately from your readers from page one should be no of course not you're still the same person right. but you do this great thing to Satya which is that you allow her to struggle and to fail and to see things not going right and so I realize as an adult who's been in therapy for six years that when I was a child, I started, my brain started connecting these different wires because it was trying to make meaning of who I thought I was and how people and things were interacting with me in the world and how I thought that defined who I was. And this is sort of a natural thing about life. But here you are in this book exploring that. Am I really super without my cape? Maybe I'll be right. fine. Uh, no, wait, this this task in art that I should be fine at, suddenly I'm I'm flopping at. I'm, I can't build this tower. I'm just failing at this thing. Maybe that cape really is super. Right. It's, and we get in our own heads, right? We, we get in our own heads, adults. yeah. We do this as adults all the time. I know I certainly do. And, and you can see how, you know, when there's like this external thing that you give so much power to, 
it's amazing what, what your mind does. And so it was, it's interesting, you know, to think about it in that context. And I certainly did when I wrote this book, because I do think that there is a time where, you know, and I think this is part of like that superhero concept of you're bigger than you become bigger than yourself. Right. And all of a sudden you have to like come out of that place in your head and start to see things a little more clearly. And it's, and it's so funny to work it out with this little girl. Yeah. Was this a story based on observation of your daughter? It strikes me that in knowing here, because I didn't know previously that this was based on your daughter, but in knowing that it's about your daughter or it's named, the character shares the name of your daughter. I should just leave it at that because I need to give you space to respond. But it strikes me that you're doing this incredible thing in revealing the kind of mom that you are, which is that... (laughs) the the parents can just be who they are in the story and take the back seat to the child reaching that understanding and ownership by themselves through their own trials yeah. and trying it's so funny right cuz i think with i don't i look i am by no means some kind of parenting expert i have one kid <laughs> it's Satya. she's five and a half like the jury is out. We will see in, in 15 years or 20 years how this great experiment, you know, plays out. But it is certainly like kids, I think, when they have agency, they're able to make like interesting choices and good choices. And they have to they have to work it out. How are they going to show up every day? Who are they in this world? What drives them? You know, what is a kind choice? What is an unkind choice? What do those feel like when you make them? And it's easy for me to tell her, right? Like, oh, you don't need the cape. Or this, when you go to the park and this thing happens, you need to respond this way. I can give her the framework. Like, you know, we tell her her words can heal, they can hurt. We give her the framework. But she has got to experience the good parts, making the good choices, but also making some of the ones that are a little bit tougher and maybe she makes the wrong choice and she will and we all do. And what does that feel like? And how do you live with that? And how do you... How do you change that the next time, right? And so I think that in in Super Setia, and I certainly, we don't dry clean capes in our house, like just to be clear, because it, <laughs> it does come up sometimes. Um, they just go in the machine. Um, That's but, awesome. Thank you. I know. But like there are, there. it's certainly an observation of her and her friends. Sure. This idea that like, you know, I can't do this if I don't have these kinds of shoes. I, I can't do this if I don't have this kind of crayon or this kind of marker, right? Where they, you know, sometimes you think that the power is in the external tool, but really your art, as I've explained to her, is not any different with a new crayon or an old crayon. This is like a very relevant topic in our house right now. <laughs> she only like wants to like open a new box of crayons every day. She's like, every but day, no. Yeah. My They're daughter. so, I was like, we cannot do this. We cannot do this. Mine's four and a half and it's, um, my shirt is wet. I need to get a new one. And I'm like, babe, oh my it's, God. it's a drip. It's a drip of something. I need to get a new one. And and before yeah. I can even reason, the shirt is coming off and we're going toward, it's coming off and going That's straight it. to the floor and going to, oh, yeah. yeah. But in that same place though, there's also, I can do this. If, I, if I've given my child that space. There's the opportunity yeah. to try something and I can do this and something that they really can do. And um, I think being able to 
to um, gain back that confidence as as I feel like this is a story about gaining back confidence more than it Absolutely. is of realizing you were super all along. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is the point in the show where I share one of our awesome sponsors that helps keep the lights on. Maybe it's an audiobook site or a writing retreat center, or a subscription box, or really anything else relevant to the work we're doing at and through the podcast. If you or someone you know wants to learn more about advertising on the show, visit matthewcwinner.com about and send me an email. Rates are affordable, and I'm happy to work with you to see what best meets your needs. Happy listening! I feel like this is a story about gaining back confidence. More than it Absolutely. is of realizing you were super all along. No, it's about it's about feeling like, what if I can't do this? What if I really can't do this? What if I was lying to myself? Um, and and right. that's a big adult feeling too. That's a universal feeling, which is why yep. I feel like that's why I think this book works so well. I do really find myself drawn to those books that are saying something as an adult writing a book, but also speaking to our, our childhood and, and saying, you know, I'm not so different from when I was a child and you readers are not so different from us and that we still work through these things. Um, the, the story here also, I think shows this, you leave space for why, why does she need this Cape? Why, what is the origin? We don't need to know, but one of the first things that, that I connected with Rocky was that she, is so sensitive to sounds. Yeah. And that to me was something that I I like that that sensitivity became something that she could find strength in later. And right. and, and that I think is the complexity that you're trying to nod to in the story and that you do really well is that it's not it it's sort of about reframing the story that we write about ourselves. And I think that's part of it. You know, people people have asked me for like, oh, is this story about your daughter? And I said, in a way, I think everything that I write or have written in the past, and I've been a journalist for a long time, um, you know, a lot of things that I've written, particularly columns, come in some way out of my life. Um, that has just always been sort of the, that's always been my reference. That's always been my, you know, where I start. It's not exact, you know, it is about our life in that way, but it's, it's about her life and my life and my husband's life and so many of us, right? Because I think that these struggles that she has are, they're the struggles that I still have many days as well. Can I do this today? Do I have what it, do I have it inside of me, what it takes to do this? What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? Right. And I also think, you know, that she gets to that place at the end, that like hero moment she gets there not just by doing things for herself. She does them for other people. She does, so, she does one big thing for herself, but she does a couple of things for other people. And I, that was very important to me because I think so much of how I feel during the day and during the week and the things that make me the happiest are my interactions with my neighbors and my community, doing something for somebody else, as small as it is, helping someone else have a, vic- have, have this, have a victory really builds me up and I wanted that to come through in the book as well I love the notion of 
of being able to reflect on how good it feels to do something for someone else. The first, yeah. the first turnaround action in this story is noticing a missing toy or a, a toy that a friend's been missing for a right. while. And Satya has that moment of saying that he's been looking for this for a long time. Oh, it's right here. Yeah. And so right here. that recognizing that I see you and I see this issue you were struggling with and I see a way that I can help you forward through it. I thought was right. a, a neat dynamic as well. You have a friend that we see, you have a stranger that we see, and then as yeah, you were alluding animal. to, the, the final thing, and the animal, yeah. Um, and then the final thing is we have ourselves. So there's there's a lot of of different directionality going on in, in who, where we perceive issues and how we can step into those. Also, yeah. Tim Balin's like- art in this is so vibrant and beautiful isn't he amazing and that i know that, i love him so much the big thing i'm just gonna call it out because i don't think it's spoiling a thing oh but no because the way that you and tim handle the last conflict i feel like is so rad so listeners <laughs> the the big thing that satya wants to conquer that she's had a fear over i'm gonna i'm finding your words you probably remember oh the tall the tallest slide in hoboken that's what it was called the t- i was like what a bizarre right? and, turn of it, phrase and it's like absurd like it's absurd and it's so funny because like the kids i i, I like listen to them at the park all the time and they're like this is the largest structure in the world and you're like wait <laughs> what like it's absurd you know and i find it so hilarious like the tallest slide in hoboken hoboken is a town that is one square mile and the tallest slide in Hoboken is like at best, I don't know, six feet. Like it's not, but like in her brain and the way Tim draws it, it like <laughs> might as well be a slide going down the Empire State Building. Like, it, is. it is the largest structure you have ever seen. That composition in particular, the the line, oh. you, the, the, the phrase you wrote is, today was the day she had planned yeah. to conquer the tallest, the tallest slide, in Hoboken. slide in Hoboken. And that illustration has... The slide basically has a T and it's pointing above the skyline. Yeah, it's above the clouds. Like, it's absurd. It's absurd. And then the other page, the next composition we get, oh no, after a couple, because she's thinking of her successes. But we have her with the background is just like up in the clouds. Because then the next page (laughs) we get is that perspective of, oh, now we're like the next in line on this slide. (laughs) And literally in line with her hair is an airplane. And below that is a boat. Like, it's... (laughs) And giggled and giggled. And he was like, I'm going to make the clouds. But I was like, this is so funny and so good. And like, I, I ask them story time all the time. I'll ask kids, I'll be like, do you think this slide is so big? Right? Because it's absurd. It's obviously absurd. And they'll always be like, no way. And then they'll always, you know, there's usually one or two that goes, but sometimes things feel so big. And it's like, of course they do. Of course they do. There are lots of things in my life that feel that large, right? Are they that large? And it's like a moment of great introspection sometimes where it's like, it looks like the slide is in the clouds. Is it? No, of course it's not. You, we can all do the thing. We can all. It's, well, Tim was a, a new name He's a genius. for me. And right from that outset of walking to pick up the dry cleaning and having the color blocking on all the buildings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. throughout the story, it just felt like, whoa, this artist has a great relationship with color because, 
you mentioned earlier, this is, I think, what was picking up in my brain. You mentioned mm. your daughter wanting that new box of crayons, right? And I picture what it looks like to have a new box of crayons. Yeah. And this book, it, it just shines with those bright colors in a way that almost feels like street art to me. It just feels yeah, absolutely. vibrant like that. I don't know how else to say it, but it's, it, it's it looks beautiful. unlike most picture books that I read. And it is really, really pretty. Yeah, Tim is is an absolute genius, and he's such a he really is a darling. It was we had such a delightful time working on this book together. Like we would just giggle and giggle on the phone. I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to work with him in that way. Did you know him prior to to doing this book? No, no, I didn't. I didn't know him. He'd done a couple of books with Bart Babies before. Yeah, he does a lot of like um, books in the educational space. Oh, cool. Um. So I, I didn't know him at all. And I realized that because it was a, an indie publisher, the way that we all worked is different than, um, I guess, the traditional publishing model. Oh, yeah. yeah so, which that. I'm realizing now, which I'm realizing now. I'm just having a, it's a, it's just a different experience. I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure it would have been better for Tim not to have to deal with me on the phone with him all the time. But I had so much fun. So I don't care. <laughs> Rocky, is this your debut as a picture book author? It is. So, one, congratulations. Super Thank rad. You. you have a super Thank rad you. debut. That's a fun way to come out. It's just a good one. It was a good one. Let me ask, um, how how writing the manuscript, how, how did you connect with Barat Babies? Because I've um, interviewed a couple other I... people that have worked with them, and the stories are unique and, and wonderful. Yeah, they're just a wonderful indie publisher um, in the Boston area. They are just a really dope little group of women. And I had a couple of their books. I had one in particular called Fudmini is Powerful that I loved. And I included it in a um, an L column I wrote about, like a roundup of like feminist books for your toddler. Hmm. Right? And we like kind of connected and I just, I liked their vibe. And I wrote this book. I reached out to my agent. And this is like tells you so much about me, I guess. But um, before she could like get back to me, which is absurd because she's like a, it takes her, I don't know, an hour. She's like the fastest communicator on earth. I also sent it to Barrett's babies. <laughs> just on a whim. And she was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, oh, I went rogue. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, I don't know how it works. And she was like, this is certainly not how it works. And so, like, it was such a hilarious, like, and it was, like, right around New Year's time. It was it was really idiotic on my part. But it all worked out for everybody. So I can, like, now laugh about the story. But at the time, it was like, like I had gone completely rogue. I sent it to them at the same time. They wanted it. She was like, what is happening? Um and I don't know, we just, it was a lovely, we had a lovely call and we were like, this feels right, let's just do it. That's cool. That's cool to to have read or reviewed their books, um, to feel that connection and to feel compelled to reach out to them. I like I that. I just loved them. I just loved them. I felt called to send it to them. That's all. That's great. I like that. But like, I have a weird, I don't know. I just have like a weird way of doing things like that at the end of last year. I said to my my agent, I was like, 2019 is the year that I get a book deal with Little Brown. And she was like, pump your brakes. <laughs> Take a breath. Take a breath. And then what do you know? Like a couple of months later, she was like, well, you put it out in the universe, Rocky, and here it is. 
and it's it's awesome. it's it's just I don't know the universe is a wonderful place. That's a great thing. More books by you too. <laughs> this is also a great thing. It's just a wonderful place, and I'm lucky to have just a lot of people in my corner. Well, it's a wonderful place, and I'm glad you're in it because I think that. Thank you. That just talking to you, I can hear that you're a light, and it's wonderful to to know that 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 there are people behind your voice and helping bring your voice to children. That's a really great thing. That's a really really great thing. I feel really lucky because I have like zero, you know, zero credentials in picture book writing, and I just felt like it. I feel like it all came together because there That's were it. people that were willing to listen to me and to give me a shot and to work with me. And it feels so, it just feels so excellent. Can I ask you if the, um, if the little Brown book has been announced yet? It has been announced. It's called hair twins. Um, it's going to be out spring 2021. And uh, it's about a dad and a daughter who are hair twins because the dad is a turban wearing um, Sikh man. And so under his turban, he has a top knot, just like his daughter does. And so they are hair twins, and it's sort of about their their day together and uh, and the adventures that they get up to. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. And, and their, their hair. hair. <laughs> I have one more question about Super Satya Saves the Day, if you don't mind. Yes. No, my God, I love this. And that this is, is that so I, I um, I've taken to pausing and pondering about dedications in books yeah. because I recognize how, how that is an intention that's placed forward. We don't often write dedications on our manuscripts, but then this book comes out and at some point you have to, you have to indicate that I want this dedication on there. And yeah. I want to ask if you, if you would mind reading yours, I don't know if you have it in front of you. I don't have it in front I, of I'm, me, I'm but happy I think to... I remember it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear so it. I have it in front I, of me. I can just read it, and then maybe you could um, expand on it. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll start with Tim, because um, Tim won't be able to expand on Tim's his. Tim's made me cry when I read his. Yours? I'm just, no, not, I'm not trying to set people really... up, but I'm just saying, like, you two have got some heavy... Okay, so Tim Tim's wrote... Tim's really made me cry. Tim wrote to Michael, who nudges me along when I'm not feeling very super, and to Satya my new friend and muse. Oh, isn't that so beautiful? It's beautiful. And Rocky, you have for Satya Devi, Athena, mm -hmm. and Sara, the lights of my life, and for all the children battling pediatric cancer, including Brianna, Addie, and Ellie, the bravest superheroes the world has ever seen. Mm. Do you mind um, if you yeah. could just sharing a little bit about the dedication? It's your personal dedication, and I'm not meaning in any way to pry, but I just thought, oh, no, just no, thought maybe we not, could give them not, a chance. You're not prying. Sorry, I get like emotional every time, which is so absurd. But um, no, you're not prying at all. It is a totally, um, I've been really open about it, but um, Satya had cancer as a baby. Um, she's fine now, and she'll be 100 one day. And it was a time... I think there's like a handful of times right in your life where you're really on your knees. And that was the time where mm -hmm. I just saw everything flash before me. All of the, all of the things that I had hoped and dreamed for when I had this little baby and I felt like we were on really shaky ground. And I, 
I thought it was all going to go away. And after you, you know, she, it was amazing medical care and just a lot of luck, I guess. Um, and she was fine after a couple of surgeries. But after you spend some time um, on a pediatric cancer floor, you realize the kind of heroics that go into parenting a child who is so sick. You realize the kind of heroics that go into being a doctor and a nurse for children every day who are so sick. And the patients, the actual heroes who every single day, every single day are dealing with this really tough diagnosis. And they have become my family, some of my best friends. Um, Brianna and Addie are, I see them all the time. I just went to Brianna's quinceanera, Addie's birthday mm -hmm. party. Like these, these are my family, right? And I sent the galley of this book to Eli. Um, and I'm glad that he was able to, that his parents were able to see that because Eli, um, Eli is an angel now. And it was, um, it was just, I don't know, you, you, it was a tough one. And so I, um, I was proud to include them in this book. And I was really proud to work with Bart's Babies as, as um, a publisher, because when this book came out, um, I did a couple of hospital tours where we actually, I went to St. Jude and I went to Hackensack Hospital where Septia was treated um, and Chopin in, in, in Philadelphia and Georgetown in DC. And I did some events. I did three events at, at, the, at, three of, at, at some of those hospitals and we gave over 150 bucks out to kids in the hospital for free. <sighs> and it meant everything to me to have the support of a publisher who sold them at a discount and just people in the world who are willing to buy those books for kids in the hospital. Like it meant everything to me. I feel so grateful to know that it's you, Rocky, behind this book. I'm, <laughs> I'm so grateful that the time was on our side today and that we had the opportunity to speak and the life brought us together and that you shared this story with me. I'm grateful that that I've had the chance to read this book and to see my own way in and love Satya my way, but also to talk Thank to you. you and be able to love her in so many other ways, much exactly like being a teacher where you love them one way and then you meet the people in their life and love them in so many other ways. So thank you for that. I thank really, you. I really feel grateful to you. Thank so you. Thinking of, of these readers that you've met and of the readers that, that Satya will continue to meet, I want yes. to leave you with this and that's uh, that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yes, you can tell them that they should find a cozy spot in the library and they should keep reading because readers are, become writers and we need to hear their stories. And so they need to keep reading so one day they can write their own. And they should also be kind to their librarians because you are a wonderful person. Thank you for this beautiful interview. This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out 
www.darshanakhiani.com forward slash South Asian Kid Lit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Tracy, Hallie, Chris, Amy, Summer, Sarah, Kate, Darshna, Patricia, Amanda, Theo, Jarrett, Justin, Anitra, Selaja, Ailey, Suzanne, Mike, Steve, Mia, Karina, Adrian, Irene, Kate, Ed, Jenny Sue, Cynthia, Sylvie, Doug, Amanda, Judy, Ruth, Elaine, Teresa, Alicia, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.